0: As we return once again to the subject of households um, and especially husbands, I'd like to begin by way of illustration that will connect, hopefully, uh, to the heart of our matter today. And I want to draw your attention to these two items that I have up here, these two items here. Okay. Okay. Both of which we use in my household for the same purpose, namely drinking coffee. See if I can get this balanced here. Okay. On this side, we have a Japanese porcelain cup that my father uh, got when he was in Japan on a mission trip with with my brother. He brought this back to my wife and gifted this to her. Now, as you look at this cup, notice it's dainty blues and the floral ornate patterns that you see all around it. Um, The cup exhibits uh, a bit of beauty, elegance, um, and and also style while retaining utilitarian use. Okay, it's not just for show. You can actually drink out of this thing. It is able to be uh, sipped from. My wife occasionally will drink from it. So on this this side, you have this dainty and delicate porcelain Japanese mug. And on this side, I want you to see my beloved Stanley insulated mug, okay? (laughs) You've probably seen this before. I carry this pretty much everywhere I go. And if you're looking at it, we can kind of look at some of the the characteristics of it. Okay, it has a hammer tone green that I kind of like. It's kind of manly, okay? It's simplistic, right? You wouldn't put this necessarily on the shelf, but it has durable construction. Um and it's it's something that is primarily for use. Okay. I drink coffee out of this while I'm doing other things. This is kind of how I take my coffee with me. Okay? Now As you've evaluated each of these pieces and analyzed them both for their own merits, I'd like to ask you, which one is better? Okay? Which one would you commend more? Does anyone want to answer the question? The thermos is better? Okay. So the thermos is better. What about this? Does does anyone have any votes for the, the porcelain mug? The porcelain mug. What about now? Clearly the Stanley mug is much stronger. okay? If I were to do this, my wife would be very disappointed with me because this would probably break. okay? It, w- it would shatter. Uh, but does that mean then that we should honor the Stanley mug more? okay? I want you to think about that and how we look at this illustration this morning will help us better understand our text today. okay. So let's turn together to First Peter. First Peter chapter three, verse seven, to gain some insight into how this might apply to what Peter exhorts husbands to understand better today. OK, these are the words of God. Let's give attention to them this morning, church. Again, the text is 1 Peter three, seven. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. So that your prayers may not be hindered. The word of God for his people. Let us pray. Father, we come to one short, uh, very straightforward passage. And I pray that this morning as we look at this passage, especially as husbands, I pray that you would work on our hearts. I pray that your Holy Spirit would be upon the reading of your word and also the preaching of it that we might uh, be able to apply these truths to our everyday living that we might do as this text tells us to, to live with our wives in an understanding way. And Lord, I pray for the wives as they listen as well, that you would help them as they help their husbands in this to better understand what this means. Speak to us this morning, Lord. We, We sit at your feet, your servants listen to you. We're ready to receive from you. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, for those of you who were here last week, you'll remember that we looked at Paul's chief command in Ephesians 5 was for husbands to love your wives. Okay. This week, Peter will exhort husbands to live with your wives, which some might argue is actually the harder task. That's a joke, of course. But, but, but it's the manner of living with them that's actually quite difficult, as I'll explain in just a moment. Not because wives are difficult, but because we as husbands are often unnecessarily difficult, more so than we need to be. But for now, I want to point out the wisdom of Peter here, and and he says that husbands should live with their wives in an understanding way. So what we're going to do this morning is kind of break this down, kind of phrase by phrase, clause by clause, and try to understand what Peter is getting at here, and maybe some of the shortcomings that we as husbands have that he's speaking to so the first of a few masculine shortcomings that we're going to look at this morning that Peter addresses is masculine sin number one which is not understanding not understanding for the note takers there's going to be three masculine sins that aren't necessarily just masculine sometimes women might fall into this well but th- as well but this is especially what Peter's pointing out as it relates to husbands and marriage this is what we often trip on is not understanding men but husbands in particular, have a general tendency to overlook the details. Okay, I don't have to tell any of the men in this room uh, about this. You understand this. Just last week I went on a family camping trip with my, uh, my father and my son and my brother. So it was an all men's camping trip and dad had happened to purchase a brand new eight person tent. And if you know anything about tents, they're pretty much all different and they all take a little bit of understanding before you really get in the rhythm of knowing how to assemble the tent. But the last, person, uh, the last thing that any of the persons at this event was going to do uh, would be to read the instructions for this. Okay? I wasn't going to read it. My dad certainly wasn't going to read it. My brother had no interest, and Henry can't read. But if he could, he would not have read the instructions. Okay? Men have a certain pride about them that, that, that says that they don't need to step back and understand. We'll figure it out along the way. That's kind of our mentality, isn't it? As men, we, we say, well we'll, well, we'll get it one way or another. It'll be fine. We'll, we'll figure it out along the way. Okay? And because of this, we become less considerate. Okay? We're not thinking about the other people around us when we say things like we'll figure it out along the way. Another way of saying this verse uh, would be to say to live with our wives according to your knowledge of the situation. Okay? According to your knowledge of situation. In other words, read the room. Figure out what's going on. What is the situation here? And and by saying this, uh, it implies that we should be paying attention to the way that we are living with our wives at all times. Okay, you need to be paying more attention, understanding more, husbands. So not only should we look after the own uh, the manner of our own living and act accordingly. Okay, so we don't just look after our own backs and figure out how we're going to do it along the way. We must also consider. We must also understand, is the word that Peter uses here, the fact that our wives are part of us. Okay, They are part of us. As we said last week, our wives are one with us. We are their head. They are our body. We are one flesh. We come together. And we need to think like that. We are one unit because of this we should not think of marriage as two separate coexisting individuals where we'll both figure the things out on our own no we are one covenantal connected unit and you need to lead in uh, the way that we will go forward in marriage and this is what peter's getting at here so just as your head is considerate of your body think about that so also should husbands be considerate of their wa- needs or of the, the needs of their wife okay and their wants the things that they have that uh, they're dealing with husbands should be paying attention to and the best way to understand your wife is the same way that you understand anything. You study her. Okay? To understand your wife better, you need to pay attention to what she's doing. You need to study. You need to actually examine the way, the ways that she's living. What, what makes her tick? What she likes? What she doesn't like? You need to make a point to pay attention to her unique needs. Because not all women are the same. You married one particular wife. And you need to pay attention to her and, and realize the needs that she has that you might not have. Okay? But even in saying this, it almost implies that they're not your needs, too. They are your needs, if you look at it rightly. When we think biblically, this means that when uh, when you study your wife to better know her needs, you're also studying yourself in a covenantal way. You're getting a better self-reflection. You're you're self-evaluating your marriage, your household. You're understanding more about what you are by studying your wife in a real way. And by doing this, you are loving what God has entrusted to you, okay? You're, 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 God has given you a wife, and you need to pay attention to what she's doing. And as you pay more attention to what she, who she is and what she's doing, this is actually, in a real way, stewarding the love and the relationship that you've been given by God. So this is our first masculine shortcoming. We are generally not very understanding, but here Peter exhorts us to be. You must be more understanding as you relate to your wife. So this brings us to the next masculine sin, which again isn't just uh, uh, isolated to men. Women can struggle with this too. But men particularly have a problem with honoring women. Okay? The second sin is likened to the first. And that because we have a tendency to be less understanding and less considerate, we do not always honor our wives as much as we could or maybe in the proper ways. Think about it like this, like a student who has not studied for an exam approaches the test without honor for the subject, so also husbands might do the same things with their wives. It's one thing to blow off the hard work of study because you're lazy, but the extended implication that you may not realize that you're even giving off, that your wife definitely does, is that you do not feel the subject is worth studying. Okay, this, this is something that wives pick up on. When you're not willing to engage them and show them the time of day, they realize not just that you're lazy, but also that you're not honoring them in the way that you should. Okay? This is what men t- tend to do with their wives. They realize their glaring differences of the opposite sex. And rather than taking off their hat and honoring the difference through thoughtful study and engaging it, they walk the opposite direction in intimidation. They just say, I don't want to deal with that. I don't have time for that right now. And they walk the other way. They say things like, you're going to do your own thing, so why bother? I'm not going to engage you. I'm not going to to bother arguing about this. You do your thing, and I'll do my things. You hear that all the time in marriage. And this is the response of the passive and intimidated man who I have been at times. I just want to be real. This This is how we as husbands can act sometimes. And I have been this guy. This passive and intimidated man does not give his wife the time of day because he feels that the chasm is too great between male and female to be resolved by him. So he kind of resolves to throw up his hands and say, I can't handle it. I can't do this, so I'm not even going to try. So what this is doing is in pride, this hypothetical man that I've been at times and that you as husbands have probably been, you refuse to fight in what you think is a losing battle. You think that you'll lose doing this. And by your refusal to fight, you show yourself to not only being a prideful coward, but you strip your perceived opponent of their honor. Okay, You're not honoring the person in front of you by just walking away and saying, you're not worth my time. Okay, This sorry case of a husband does not see two critical things when he is acting in this way. First, that his wife is not his opponent. Right? You're, you're not against your wife your wife is your ally she is on your side so first we need to as husbands realize that our wife is on our side husbands you can't ever be uh, in a competition with your wife it doesn't work like that and second that the chasm between you two is actually the opponent that is worth fighting against and is indeed conquerable okay that is the real enemy there the the space between you two is what you should be fighting against not your wife in those moments. So the result, if you're acting in this way, not honoring your wife, not realizing that she's your ally, ally and you're just throwing your hands up in the air, the result is a disheartened husband, you're not gonna feel like a man, and a dishonored wife. Your wife isn't going to feel honored. Now, not only do women see this buffoonery, men, but because they are often more mature than we are, they receive the actions as an insult. Why? Why would women see this as an insult? Because men, in their lack of understanding, can dishonor women by missing their real importance and value to them. Pay attention to your wives, husbands. They have something really, really valuable to offer you. Now, husbands, you can avoid this masculine sin by not just paying attention more. You should do this. But also... Applying the knowledge that you have gathered about your wife into your everyday living. Use the understanding of your wife to combat the real enemy, which is your differences. Okay. Say you notice your wife does not like uh, when you draw attention to something that she does. Think about your, your wife and your interactions with her. You've paid attention to her over time, and you realize she does or doesn't like this thing, and you know that now. Okay, Good job. You've conquered masculine sin number one. You've understood. You've read the room, and you realize that, that you have a knowledge of the situation now. Okay. Now, in order to proceed, you must also now use that knowledge accordingly. Okay. You can't just sit on that. You have to use that accordingly. It should go without saying that you don't need to tease her with that knowledge or poke fun at it. This is what we're tempted to do sometimes. It, that is not honoring towards your wife. That is what a, a fifth grader does when he thinks that he's flirting with a girl. Right? He sees the weakness and he thinks, ha, I, I got her there. And he'll kind of poke fun at her. Right? He'll, he'll see, oh, she has beautiful hair and she put it in a ponytail today. What am I going to do? I'm going to yank it. Right. This is what men do. They, they see something of the woman that is beautiful and honorable, and they tend to see even a weakness in it somehow, and they will use it against them. Okay, That's what we need to guard against husbands It's not thinking like a third or fifth grader, thinking like a child. Okay? So I'll summarize masculine sin number two, which is honoring women simply by saying, grow up. Okay? Engage your wife like a man. You need to you need to realize that you're a man and not treat your wife in such a manner like a third grader or fifth grader would. So, I told you I'd be harder on you, didn't I? <laughs> As you might have guessed, the, the third masculine sin is actually connected to the first and second. Uh, Peter highlights this in his married wisdom that he gives to us. So the, the third thing that we need to be paying attention to in this text is weakness. Okay? He uses that word weakness. And one of the great problems of our age is that men do not understand feminine weakness. We don't know what to do with it. Okay? Husbands, and their lack of understanding and deficit of honor that we've already talked about, have sorely misunderstood what a woman is. Here the scriptures explicitly say that a woman is a weaker vessel. Okay? What do we do with that? A woman is a weaker vessel. And because we have an immature culture of both men and women both sides have responded incorrectly to this biblical insight. Okay, the men see weaker vessel and say, ha, you're weak. But that's, that's the general masculine response, that they are, they are prideful, that they are stronger, and they kind of look down on the, the wife because she is weaker. Now, the women see weaker vessel, and they're insulted because they've been indoctrinated by, indoctrinated by feminism to overcome the weakness and become more like men. Okay, they're they're feeling ashamed of their weakness because there's been a culture that says you need to become more like a man You need to raise to their level do all the things that they can do You must be like a man if you're going to show yourself to be a true woman You must be just like them not different just like them. Okay, but neither of these responses Understand the honor we should be extending towards men But also more importantly here women as the weaker vessel. We don't understand what this means the weakness here is not a competitive matter. Okay, It's not about who's stronger or who's weaker. It's just making a point that this is a fact. Okay, Husbands, you should not feel the need to compete or compare with your wife as the stronger vessel. Okay, That's what we tend to do, though. We, we tend to think, oh, I've got this, and I, I'm stronger in this area, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to look down on my wife in this area. Don't do that is what Peter is getting at here. Do not forget that your wife is now a part of you in a real sense— she is your body and treating your weak member as a branch, or sorry, treating your weak member as a dishonorable member is like refusing to shield your eyes uh, when a branch swings towards it. Okay? That's the kind of thing that you're doing if you're insulting your wife. You don't tell your eye to toughen up when this happens, do you? Okay, when, when the branch swings towards your eye, you're riding a four-wheeler or a dirt bike or a horse or whatever it might be, you're running real fast and a branch comes your way, you don't open wide-eyed and say, toughen up, eye. You're the weaker vessel. You better take it like a man. No, that's not what you do when this happens. What do you do? You raise your arm as the stronger vessel to shield the weaker vessel, and you honor it in its respective weakness. Okay, Husbands, you need to start thinking like this as you're engaging with your wife. This goes back to the Japanese coffee cup and the Stanley mug. Okay? It's not that the Stanley is more honorable or better because you can drop it and it not break. It really isn't better. Okay? It's seeing the complementarity and value of both vessels in their proper roles. Okay? The Stanley uh, mug, it can take a rough beating and not ever spill the coffee and you can keep on working. But the Japanese mug, it offers a refined and elegant leisurely touch to an otherwise bland setting of life. Okay? It's offering something that men really need more of, and that is leisure, sitting back and realizing the refined things in life are actually a good thing. They're worth slowing down about it. It's not all about work. It's also sometimes about play. Okay? there There is two sides that we need to recognize here and see in the respective honors, not just saying it's one way and one way only. This is what we tend to do as men, though. We think in our, our, our brains, we get closed-minded, and we think, well, everyone needs to start thinking like me and conform to what I'm doing and get on my program. That's not what we're called to do, okay? But the point that brings this back around is that both vessels, okay, you have the, the vessel here and the vessel here, and this is even the language that Peter uses here, he uses this language of weaker vessel. The thing that brings this all back together is that both of these vessels hold the same thing, namely coffee, okay? They both hold coffee, which we all know this text is talking about coffee when it says the grace of life, okay? just a joke. So so they they, they both have uh, the same thing in them. Okay, that's the unity that they have among themselves that they're both filled with the grace of life. They are all they are one and, and one and the same because they are filled with the same stuff. So joking aside, this scripture reminds us that though husbands and wives are very different in complementary ways, their dignity and their worth are equal. Okay? Who you are as you stand before God is Equal because they are, you are joint heirs of the grace of life. You are both vessels of honor that God has honored in different ways. Yes, the husband might be stronger and the wife might be weaker. But the fact of the matter is, is you are equally honorable in God's sight. So husbands, you combat the lie that women are inferior to men by honoring their weakness instead of being frustrated by it. This is something that is very easy for us to do. just get aggravated that wives are not, frankly, men right? We're dealing with our wives and we're in our household and we can forget that wives are wives, okay? They're, they're women. They are not other men and we can start treating them like other men in our frustration. So think about this, husbands. How often have you started to treat your wife like a man and even poked fun at their weakness rather than honoring it? Like you kind of would at the work site. You, when you're at work and with your, with your buddies at work and everyone's kind of uh, giving jokes and kind of poking at each other, and that's fun. Men do that. But when you do that to your wife, is it received in the same way? Usually not. No, it's because your wife is a wife and you are a husband and you've just taken something out of context and you've misunderstood the room. Okay, You've misread your wife. You haven't understood what you're dealing with here. You are dealing with an honorable, weaker vessel. You're, honoring, or you're doing something different and out of context, and that's why you're not getting the response that you hope it would. So we sometimes tend to forget that we married women because we like women better than men. Okay, this is what we, we we've cho- cho- we've chosen this path, and this is what we want, and we forget that sometimes in our actions. But to take it seriously and think about it, we're like, yes, yeah, sometimes I do actually act like that around my wife. And in our sinfulness, we grow aggravated that our wives are not pulling the same weight that we are. Okay. We'll we'll kind of get stuffy about it. We look around the household and and understand that our wives are weaker than us. And it makes us grow a bit agitated because the burdens on our back are are getting bigger and bigger than theirs. But newsflash, husbands, okay, you should be taking all of the responsibility on your own back. Okay. You should be saying, I'm going to take responsibility for my household. All the shortcomings here, guess what? I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to throw them on my back. And once you realize that that's going to crush you, you can't stand under that weight. You can't have that responsibility. You are then welcomed by Christ who welcomes your burden and says, Give me that. Give me that heavy burden. You can't do that. You really think that you can, by your works, be the kind of husband that loves your wife perfectly? Good luck. No, you can't do that. But what you're called to do as a husband is say, Give me all the burden. Give me all the overwhelming household. All the stuff that's going on. I want to take responsibility for it. The house is feeling tense. That's my bad. I could have prevented this in some ways. It's my shortcoming. I'm taking responsibility for it. How can I now take this to Christ and lay it on his shoulders where he will unburden me, where I'm actually light enough to now do the things that I am called to do, be the husband that I am called to be? This is the order for husbands as they learn to navigate being the head of their household but understand weakness uh, understanding weakness will really help with this okay if you look at your wife and realize that she's going to be weaker than you in some areas just be ready to take some of that burden okay once you know this and you get in the habit of realizing that your wife might not be able to handle the kind of uh, overwhelming uh, schedule that you do Get ready for that. Just realize, oh, maybe I need to tone it back and not throw this burden on her all the time and make her feel all the things and not deal with her in an understanding way, but get too crazy of a life and then just be surprised when the house blows up. We need to step back, evaluate, realize what's going on, take responsibility for it, bring it to Jesus. This is the pattern that we're given in the household. I want you to think about this as we're thinking about women and their honor and the things that they bring to the table, husbands. I want you to consider pregnancy. Okay. Consider pregnancy. It's one of the most empowering and dignified things that a woman can do. I think Miss America this year was asked the question, what's the most empowering thing that you've ever done as a woman? And she said, give birth to my children. I think it's a really good response. Actually. She's she's saying, this is where I feel most strengthened and most womanly and most empowered is in giving birth to my children in pregnancy. Okay. Now humanity, if you think about this, is literally indebted to women for this tremendous nine month journey of utter vulnerability. They are just completely vulnerable. I'm speaking to pregnancy because this is my life now. I know what this looks like. I I have a wife that is pregnant, uh, and if you look at them, you realize their strength is sucked out of them by another human being. There's literally another person growing in them. It's crazy to even think about. Their nutrients can deplete uh, because they're giving their all, like their teeth can start to rot out because this child is just sucking all the life out of them. Their efficiency is shot. They're not able to do as much in a day. Uh, The range of motion is limited. They can't even tie their own shoes. ability to do normal day-to-day things progressively diminishes until they're nearly bedridden, bedridden, laying down on a bed and doing nothing other than pushing a baby out. That's literally where they get. They, they're just laying there and like, all I, all I can do now is just get this child out. That's where pregnancy goes, okay? It is the epitome of feminine weakness, okay? And yet... It's the pinnacle of womanly glory that God has created. right? This is, this is what women were supposed to do. This is how the world goes on. If women didn't do this for men, we, we are, there's no path forward. Like It's over. If women don't do this for us, we can't continue as a human race. Okay, So we should honor and celebrate their weakness for all its beauty. You need to be able to see this in your wife as she's uh, living life around you. Because this is what it's really talking about, is everyday life. Deal with your wife in an understanding way, just living with her every day. This is how we need to start thinking. Okay? But now we find ourselves in such a culture that abhors this truth like it's cancer. Okay? They don't necessarily celebrate the things that I just said, do they? Right. We have drugs that can cure this disease. Right, And if a woman decides, oh, I do want to be a man, we can pump them with drugs. You can become a man is what they'll tell you. And they will actually celebrate this kind of thing to where we're almost creating a culture that is just purely man. Right? That's actually not a good thing. That's a scary reality is when men are just trying to make everyone else look like men. That is not a balanced world. That is a scary world where men are abusing their control, they're abusing their authority, and they're trying to make the world look more like them. We need to resist that as a Christian culture and say, no, women need to have this glory and we celebrate this glory, not make their glory look like us, not make fun of them for the things that they are doing and their glory, okay? Husbands, if our culture is to be saved which I, I hope that it is. That's what I'm working for here at Village. That's what I work, what I work for in my life. If our households are to be re-empowered and returned to the center of our lives, where homes actually have some weight to throw around, if the dignity of womanhood and manhood are going to be redeemed and put in their proper place, it starts in the home. It starts with husbands living with their lives in an everyday life, living with them in an understanding way. We are the ones who will guide our culture back to the Father, that shows what true dignity and worth looks like. Where the Father can tell us, this is what it means to be made in the image of God. This is how it looks different to be a man than it does to be a woman. Where it reminds us that we are all heirs of the grace of life, but in such different but harmonious ways. Where we complement one another and actually show that there's a, a peace coming together where we need them and they need us. Okay, This is the biblical picture that we get. So as we close, husbands, I want you to, to kind of slow down something that we don't do too great as husbands, as as men, to slow down, and I want us to engage our hearts to this matter. I want us to think about it as we go home today. I want it to kind of go around the top a couple times and figure out how can I start actually changing the way that I'm dealing with my wife on an everyday basis. How can I better understand her? You need to start taking notes. You need to start paying attention. You need to start being more engaged and giving time and honor to your wife. Okay, We must seek to understand our wives better. We must honor them in our actions. And by so doing, we will elevate their feminine glory of being the weaker vessel. And where we can say, this is a good thing. This is great that God made them this way. And this will only be possible through study, not just of our wives. Again, you can't do this on your own, but of study of the savior, Jesus. This is where you need to look to to figure out how you're going to put all of this in practice. He is the one that unburdens us so that we might become better yokes for our wives to yoke to. To where they can say, all right, I'm dealing with this. And you as a husband can say, bring it on. Give it to me. Throw that weight on me. You're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling stressed right now. Give that to me. Talk to me about it. Let's talk through this. I'll take that for you. And you're going to walk away saying, oh my goodness, I cannot handle this. I cannot do it on my own. And that moment, what you do is you've got to go do the same thing. Take that to your head. Okay, She came to you as her head. You take that to your head, Jesus Christ. And Jesus welcomes that. Look to Jesus in the way that he welcomes you and your burdens, husband. Be like that to your wives. Recognize what Jesus does to us. Take that back home and apply that to your wife. May we always run back to Jesus in light of our shortcomings, rather than running away in fear and pride to our own devices. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, I pray that as I have spoken today, and maybe sometimes crass ways and... um, blunt ways i pray that you will have used the fumbling of my words to be able to speak to our hearts myself included lord i pray that you would help us husbands to be more receptive to what you are doing in our faith and our walk and our practice as we are married men i pray that we would take seriously this call to deal with our wives in an understanding way showing uh, honor to the weaker vessels of our, our wives. I pray, Lord, that you would keep us uh, from having a, a life of prayer that is clogged up. Lord, that's the implication that we see at the end of this, that we'll talk more about at a later date. But Lord, I pray that our prayers might not be hindered because of uh, the ways that we have acted in a non-understanding way in a dishonoring way or we haven't read the room, or we haven't um, been as serious about our relationship with our wives as we should have, and the, the implication then flows over into our faith with you, and we realize we haven't been as serious with you as we should have. Help us to be solemn as we look around and see what is going on in the world and how much more seriously we need to take the order of our households and the callings that you called us to as husbands but we can't do this on our own, so we run to you, Jesus, today, to even now unburden us. Give us a light burden so that we might walk freely as husbands to do the things you've called us to in righteousness, with integrity, and joy. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> if you would turn in your hymnal to hymn number 555 Jesus Loves Me. It's a joy to sing with you all.